Hello and welcome to the Mountainburg Baptist Project 119 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Mary and it's my pleasure on this Friday to welcome a guest to the podcast. Today we have reading for us Miss Jody Baker. Jody is a friend in ministry and she is the Minister of Administration and Education at Hope Community Church just down the road, formerly known as McElwain Baptist. Jody, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to a time at the end of the podcast where we talk about things of life and faith. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 4 in the New Living Translation. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scripture says people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the Scriptures say, He will order His angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The Scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. In the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. From then on, Jesus began to preach, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to come, too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the Ten Towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea, and from the east of the Jordan River. 
Now I'd like to read to you from Psalm chapter 6. O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? Return, O Lord, and rescue me. Save me because of your unfailing love. For the dead do not remember you. Who can praise you from the grave? I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. Go away, all you who do evil. For the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. May all my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. Thank you so much, Jody, for joining the podcast, for reading beautifully for us, and for being such a wonderful friend. Before we moved to Mountain Brook, Jody and I were neighbors, and she was a wonderful neighbor and just loved the fact that she was ministering in the neighborhood where she lived. And so she's going to talk a little bit more about that. But let's start where in the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Well, I'm the fifth of six children in my family. We were raised right in this area by great parents, strong Christian parents who believed in our lives being founded in the Bible first and in the church. And so most of our friendships were in church all along. I grew up loving athletics and playing. I was uh, I had three brothers, and so I made teams even. So it was two on two, <laughs> everything we did growing up. And uh, so I've, I love being outside. I love playing. Um, I think back on those days and how many times I'd go outside by myself and just throw a, a rubber ball or a tennis ball against the house and, and catch it over and over again, how much I love that time. You mentioned your brothers. Now, one of your brothers is very familiar to many of us at Mountain Brook Baptist, Bob Baker, who is the chair of our finance committee and very involved. Tell me a little bit about what it was like to grow up with Bob. Well, very competitive. Uh, we competed in just about everything in sports growing up. Uh, probably caused a little friction between us because we both were so competitive, but it's really interesting when he went off to college, our relationship, we realized, was very endearing and uh, very close to one another and still are. If I need something, he's the one I call. And y'all have a very unique relationship with all your siblings. Don't you have like a Zoom call or something where you keep up with one another? Yes, we uh, started during COVID just getting on Zoom once a week and talking, and we've just kept that up uh, through the years. You mentioned being in a family that was involved in church. I want to hear a little bit more about your testimony of faith. Well, I was in church and GAs growing up. Um, I learned scripture. I really think the first time the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart was when I was in sixth grade and memorized Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, Here am I, send me. And there was something about hearing that verse and even memorizing it that the Holy Spirit pierced my heart. And at that time, I did not know what that was. But years later, when I was in eighth and ninth grade and felt the Spirit uh, tugging on my heart, I was hard-headed and stubborn and said, I don't need any difference in my life. I know who God is. I know who Jesus is. But 
there came a time in ninth grade when I had a Sunday school teacher who was able to impart clear understanding to me of how I needed forgiveness for my sins. And I realized then that I was a sinner and I needed a Savior, and I asked Jesus to um, take my life. I surrendered it to Him. And it was at that part and uh, that time in my life when I realized that God had something for me to do, and I think He does for every Christian. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to pursue knowing what that was He had for me. And so through my high school years, I really sought God and uh, his plan for my life. The interesting thing, Mary, is that when I was a senior in high school, I felt for sure God had called me to ministry, and uh, specifically recreation ministry, because that was my love at that time. And uh, when I mentioned it to my mother, she just said, "Um, Jody, uh, I think that's great, but the church is not hiring women to be ministers. (laughs) And she said, so you need to pursue something else. And uh, in his wisdom, through my brother Jack, when I wrote him a letter and told him what mom said, he said, the Bible's very clear to honor your father and mother. So he said, if you honor them and what mother said, then God will bring you back around to where he wants you to be. And so it was through the course of my college years where I got a degree in health education that God just took my life and brought me back to ministry. And specifically, I started out in the recreation ministry. And with that, youth ministry for years, for 15 years, my first 15 years of ministry was that. Was that at McElwain Baptist or a different congregation? It was at McElwain. They they actually called me. I wanted to pursue a position they had open, and, and my father said that's probably not a a wise thing for you to do, and a lady on the personnel committee called me, and she said, for some reason, your name keeps coming to my heart, and I want to know if you would be interested in this. And so God worked through all of that and brought me to this position that he had called me to when I was in high school. And uh, and how long have you been on staff at McElwain, which is now Hope Community? I've been on staff in September 42 years. And during that time, have you transitioned in roles? And talk a little bit about what you do. Now I'm Minister of Administration and Education. I've been doing that for 25 years, roughly. And uh, throughout the years, I've had a little bit of responsibility with senior adults, with single adults, with college students, a lot of different things. It's been fun. It's been uh, affirming to know that when God calls you to serve Him as a minister, the prepositional phrase that follows is not that important because Mm -hmm. we're ministers first and doing whatever he calls us to do. I noticed that you are very detail-oriented. How has God used that in your ministry? Well, that is has really helped. My One of my spiritual gifts is, is administration, organization, and, and I feel like that has helped me get a lot more accomplished in my days. Tell me about some of your other giftings in ministry. If you were to take that spiritual gifts test, what are some of the things you make a hundred on? Uh, leadership is one, and and uh, shepherding. Uh, and I think that has come later in my ministry that God has gifted me with that. I, I have a heart for people. Uh, I I love uh, helping them and helping them see how they can help others as well. And so uh, that that gives me much joy. A few more get to know you. Are you introverted or extroverted? Most people at, at Hope Community Church would tell you I'm extroverted, but I'm an introvert. <laughs> and uh, 
But at work, because I know these people and I serve with them, I, I'm more open. But I, I do, I do that well. I think, and then I, I go home and I'm by myself and and love that. Okay, you mentioned sports earlier. I want to tease that out a little bit. What is your favorite sport? My favorite sport to watch has always been basketball. To play has always been basketball. Uh, softball second, but I love watching any kind of sport. I remember us being on competing teams in a little kickball league. That was super fun as well. For anyone who doesn't understand the transition from McElwain Baptist to Hope Community, will you tell us a little bit about that process and why your name has changed and has anything else changed? When McElwain was uh, declining in numbers and had been for years, our church was so used to just having a pastor search committee find a new pastor, and we realized that doing that over and over again was not going to bring any different results from the direction we were heading, and we needed help. And and the church realized that. Our deacons realized that and said we need help. And so we formed a vision team who began researching what can we do to help make a difference in our community. We were ministering to the few we had, and by few, 125, which is an average Southern Baptist church, actually. And and we were doing with those 125 great things, but we weren't impacting the community. And so when we this vision team started looking, we had several churches interested in helping, and, and Shades Mountain Baptist rose to the top and said, we will come in and we will uh, help you. And so they they basically became in charge of our church. We changed the name to Hope Community Church, and we are a a church of Shades Mountain Baptist Church. We are not another branch of Shades Mountain. We are our own entity, but they oversee us. And the best thing that they brought our way is our pastor, Jacob Simmons, and he is doing a fantastic job. And with him came many young people, and we needed that. And we are seeing now that so many young people in our community are a part of hope and are joining and helping us grow in the community. And when I drove by just this week, I saw that you guys are hosting soccer Mm -hmm. clinics and games for little ones. How's that going? It's going great. We started last year uh, through Upward, and we had probably about 20 children in the community come, and only about four were from our church. This year we decided to do the league on our own, and we have 33 from our community playing, and we are excited about that. I also want to say thank you for opening up your field and your playground to the community. It was such a blessing to me when I lived nearby. I noticed that you've added a pavilion where people will be able to gather. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, we uh, are excited about that. We just completed a pavilion next to our field in our child care playground and it is going to have some picnic tables and, and be open to the community to come use, to have a, a cookout or a party or whatever. And uh, we're just excited about offering that to our community and for our church people to use as well. Often in these interviews, I like to hear your favorite verse or a favorite hymn. Do you have either of those? My favorite verse is Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live Yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
And I have so many favorite hymns. Blessed Assurance is probably my absolute favorite hymn, but I like them all. Would you want to make any commentary on the passage or passages that you read today? Well, I think that Matthew 4 is so important because we see Jesus, uh, after he was baptized, going out to be alone with God. And there Satan is still trying to keep him from spending that quality time with God. And in my life, I see the same thing happen. My mind wanders from so many things while I'm trying to spend uh, intimate time with God. And so um, it's such an encouragement to know that we can stand up against Satan and say, get away from me and let me have this time with the Lord. And that God's going to take care of us. And in Psalm 6, I really see that in a time when David was weak and uh, sick and oppressed and maybe even depressed, that his faith came through through praising God and saying, because God loves me, he hears me and he will answer. Are there spiritual markers that you might share with us throughout your life or you sensed the presence of the Lord with you? I think the first major, well, I won't say the first one, but a major spiritual marker in my life was when my dad uh, developed a brain tumor and uh, a life that uh, was so perfect for me, all of a sudden got hit by, you know, a brick wall and uh, just that experience of of learning what it really means to trust God when things aren't going to go the way I wanted them to was was a huge undertaking. I can remember praying God I, I, after he had been sick for a long time and almost to the point of death. I remember praying, God, I trust you, and then saying, what choice do I have? But so thankful that I learned through that that God can be trusted no matter what's happening in my life. Thank you so much for reading for us, for sharing your testimony of God's faithfulness that he can be trusted, and even how He helped you to pursue ministry or or be pursued in ministry. Uh, Beautiful testimony. So thank you for being here. Would you end our time together with prayer? Absolutely. Oh, Father, how grateful we are that you love us and that no matter where we find ourselves in life, that you are present with us. And when we call on you, you respond because you love us so much. Father, thank you for your word who gives, which gives strength to us as we walk through every day. We thank you for Jesus, for the example that he set, and for his calling on our lives as your children, not specifically to do something, but to be someone who lives for you. So today, Father, help us to surrender everything we are, our thoughts, our actions, our words to you so you can live in us and fulfill your great commission through us today. In Jesus' name, amen.